Welcome to the TNT EdTech Podcast. We know tech. We are your hosts. I'm Scott, the teacher. And I'm Matthew, the tech coach. Welcome, everyone, to the TNT EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Noons, with Matthew Ketchum. And tonight, who do we have with us, Matthew? We have the one and only AR, VR, and education, Jamie Donnelly. Welcome. Woohoo! Glad to be here tonight. Uh, we are, so we are merging together. Yeah, you're right. We'll do a little merge tap. When there. our merge cubes go. unite. Okay, so I, I got mine. Okay. This one's not out of the box yet. <laughs> Uh, but we're we're ready. We're we're pumped. We have tons of things to talk about. Uh, tons of questions. Uh, remember, if you're on Facebook, allow Streamyard permission uh, to let us show your comments in the chat. We welcome your questions. We welcome your comments. Anything you have for myself, Matthew, or Jamie, uh, we're more than willing to uh, address and try and get on the show. And thank you so much for listening. I'm seeing people join in and uh, let us know where, where you're from in the chat, where you're listening from, and uh, maybe what you know about Janie so far. She's a two-time ISTE author, and her latest book, The Immersive Classroom, uh, is out now. So there it is. I'm trying to get it. You're getting my ring light perfection. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. When did the book come out? A few days ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long haul. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. It's actually, so my first book with this, the Learning Transported, I'll grab that real quick. So this was done in 2018. And it was really the foundation of the technology we use and, and why we use it. And, and it was very informational, right? So you had a lot of just kind of tech details um, tried to make some, try to make it very simple so people, anybody can read it and understand, right? Um, and then this book, The Immersive Classroom, is really the stories behind it, um, the impact, the customization, the opportunities we have to make it very different. Um, it, it's really exciting because I just feel like they're just night and day books, but they're also very complimentary. Because when you get started, you right. need to know. And then now that you've kind of gotten started, you're ready to rock and roll and do some really cool stuff. So, and you know, I, I, say, I love that. Yeah. Go and your, your book is so up to date. And even has, I, you know, I was going through it, even has, uh, even for cleaning and COVID. Yes. Yes. I saw that for you. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that is fantastic that you're including that because that's, you know, we get in, we'll, we'll get in all the exciting parts of it, but there's also, these things are shareable within the classroom. We have to be mindful of that too, but you have that in your book. Yeah. See, I even, uh, hold on. There we go. I bookmarked it. It's <laughs> not super clear, but Aww. I was ready to talk about that. Yeah, that is perfect. I just saw that today. Matthew's been asking me, Hey, does Jamie have any protocols on keeping all this AR VR equipment clean? It's like, Oh, we'll have to ask her. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. And I was, I was like browsing the book. Uh, because I'm only, uh, I think, tr three chapters in, uh, you know, I hadn't come across that yet. So it was neat to see that uh, 
right there. And I love how it's very topic uh, specific. But before we get too far into the book, I want to back up a little bit and have you kind of share with us, you know, who you are, where can people find you on Mm -hmm. social media? And um, hey, we got Rochelle in the house. And I know we got Tyler. Shout out, Tyler. Rochelle and uh, you guys here. there may or may not be a picture of Rochelle later on. So stay tuned, Rochelle. <laughs> Thanks for being here. There may, uh, may not be a cat. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um, I will. Yeah. Just to share a little bit about myself. I was a math teacher and then went into instructional technology in my district and worked at a couple different districts in that capacity. Um and just really fell in love with immersive technology long time ago, started off with AR and then went into VR not too long after that. And really just never lost my interest. You know, I feel like I've, I'll start something and I get excited. I love it. And then I move on, you know, it's just kind of that transition. And I, I feel like with immersive technology, it's one of those things because it's constantly changing. I just never lose interest. And it's, constantly evolving. So I think that's also why I like technology, which I'm sure you two relate to, um, is because it's always changing and it's an exciting adventure. You know, you never get bored with it. But um, really, I, you guys, I hate writing. I hate writing. (laughs) It is such a struggle. And um, I I, I, like just getting down to saying, okay, I got to write. It's due in an hour. Let's do this. Um, so I finally have to get to that point before I ever make it happen. Um, <laughs> Rochelle, you're going to love my post for tomorrow for 31 days, <laughs> by the way. Um, anyway, so I, I, you know, with all of that, it was like, I, the only reason why I do it is because I would go to conferences and I would share and people would be like, oh, that's so cool. I'd see him again the next year. Hey, oh, I love this stuff. Oh, great. What did you use this past year? Oh, I didn't even know where to start. You know, I just, I had no idea. And it was like, okay, well, there's sessions that I do in, in conferences, you know, I'm putting live videos and, you know, doing, creating videos and putting it out on YouTube. We're doing the Twitter chat that started four years ago, you know? So it's just amazing to think that that chat has continued to connect people around the world, really. And so that, you know, that was my preferred method, to be honest with you. Um, but there was a lot of people that wanted it written down. They wanted the blogs. They wanted to have the book. They wanted to be able to take notes and write down those thoughts um, and highlight things. And so I had to go out of my comfort zone, just like many of our teachers do, and, and finding ways to meet our students. And that's that was the beginning of Learning Transported, actually, my talk with ISTE. I thought I was supporting somebody else to write the book. So my, yeah, I was like in this whole meeting the whole time. I'm, she's like, do you think we can write about VR and have a book? I'm like, well, first off, you need to have AR and VR, but you can write 10 books. Like there's so much out there. Are you sure? Well, what do you think about this? And, and so the whole discussion, it wasn't until about halfway through that I realized she wanted me to write the book. And I'm like, oh, she's out of her ever loving mind. Like I am never going to write that book. And, um, you know, then she, at the very end, she goes, so what do you think? You want to write the book? And it was like, it was like being, it was almost like when you jump out of your own body and look back at yourself and like watch yourself do something really dumb or like crazy, like that's not me. I feel like I jumped out of my body and looked back at myself saying, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And it was just like, 
why did I say that? I'm not going to write this book. This is crazy. I'm terrified. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes the things that scare us the most are the most rewarding. You know, I because I struggle, it takes me a lot longer. And I, I you know, I have a hard time just pushing my thoughts through. I heavily depend on editors heavily. Um, you know, I feel like I give them that really rough draft and please make this sound pretty. I feel like the content's good, but you know, it, you may not even understand what I'm talking about. Let's really refine this. Um, but you know, the second book was a little bit different. I was, I was dying to get this book out, but I still struggled with writing, but it was me pitching the idea back to SD. And I really felt like it was this transition. Like we went from, what is this? to, hey, get your kids using this, to get your kids creating this, to now get your kids to customize this, make this the tool for them, make this something that you use, not something that a, a vendor or a company is telling you how to use, you know, like own it. Um, so I, I, it's just been one of those uh, transitions, I feel like even for me in, in this process and helping to connect with all of the incredible people out there and incredible companies that are so innovative and listening and doing the, you know, just amazing work. So I feel like the book is a spotlight on the ARVR and EDU community like Rochelle. Um, and on top of that, I feel like it's a spotlight on the great, great resources that are out there, but, you know, moving forward, just continuing to really digest what this means for our individual learners. Yeah, I'm so glad you wrote the book. You're absolutely right. I love how it builds on your previous work, Learning Transported. And that was a great primer to get started. I know I relied heavily on that. And I was amazed in 2019 to actually get to meet you because ISTE of 2018, correct me if I'm wrong, like your book like dropped like right around that time. Yeah. All of this was new. I was on Twitter at that time, but not really. Matthew remembers. Uh, at the time of ISTE, I had two followers, and Matthew was one of them. <laughs> That's so perfect. Yeah, yeah. It was my brother, I think, and Matthew. <laughs> and and that was it. <laughs> I love – it wasn't us because, I mean, Rochelle, myself, Mandy, uh, Trisha, and – Oh, who were the other ladies um, in the session? Because I, I would have thought maybe you hadn't shared your Twitter handle with us yet because you were creating it during the session, right? No, no. I In 2018, I actually didn't even, like you were presented like on the main stage, like, hey, our ISTE author, Jamie Donnelly, and I checked out the book. Um, and so I started following you on, on Twitter and learned about you that way. And then... Mm -hmm. um, really when I came to know you better and well was right around the time of fall Q in 2018. So really? a few months oh later. Yeah. Okay. So probably we started following each other. I would say like around September because mm -hmm. in July, uh, that's when my Twitter career, whatever you want to call it journey, <laughs> uh, took <laughs> off with a smaller conference school G next. So something that really wasn't this big ISTE thing with 18,000 people running around like crazy, trying to fight to get into your session. Right. Yeah. Um, and waiting outside <laughs> for a while just to claim their space. Uh, there were only a thousand educators there all focused on one tool. So we were 
already a community. Mm -hmm. And I met some great people like Glenn Irvin from the On Education mm -hmm. podcast. He kind of took me under his wing and he said, hey, you got some really great ideas. You really need to stay on Twitter and chat. Like, I'll help you. He told me about Teach Like a Pirate, Dave Burgess's book. And then the chat said, you need to join that chat. And um, that very next Monday, I did. I jumped on the chat and that's where it started. Dave was one of my first followers. Uh, yeah. So really just cool. Mm -hmm. And then uh, being in your session with Mandy, uh, Tisha, Tara, I think. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and that was that was it. Um, that was really cool. And you weren't able to be there. You were, I think, at a soccer game or something. You were multitasking. You, that was Tara. You joined us yeah. virtually. She was joining in from her child's soccer game. Um, and I was just joining in virtually, probably from home, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a, a very interesting um situation there because we were all planning to go there to meet up right the goal was Dang. to be together um i just couldn't justify the cost i just started going out consulting on my own and to go to a conference where it was like a group session and it wasn't even necessarily targeting my topic so you know a lot of the times you, your investment right is you know where how do you justify paying out of pocket for a lot of these things because i wasn't in the district so um yeah, that's that was that decision at that point. You know, I'm, I, sometimes I still kick myself like, why didn't I go? We would have had a blast. It was California. That right. was my, actually my where I was at. They were yeah. in Napa, and I went to school in Vacaville. So, I mean, that was my stomping grounds. I went to school in Fairfield, actually lived in Vacaville. But um, yeah, so that was it. I, and I had family out there, but it was just like at the end of the day, it was like, I just I just can't do it right now. There's too much going on and and hard to justify. But yeah, I will say at that ISC session, by the way, um, I remember your enthusiasm. I remember yeah, your excitement yeah. <laughs> for this. And um, it, it's like this contagious. Uh, I was just talking to Mary Alice Curran the other day. Oh, hold on. I got a. I have a photo ready of Rochelle <laughs> and Mary Alice. Oh, uh, here, here we go. So it's a little blurry. I love uh, it. Let, let me blow this up. Yeah. So great pick. They're all smiles, right? Of course, uh, I'm giddy, super happy to be in their <laughs> presence. They're they're amazing. Um, also authors, right? So yeah. uh, ditch sit for Mary Alice. And then yeah. Rochelle has uh, so everything. many. Everything. everything the right? woman is like <laughs> a queen of ed tech. I know. Uh let me see if it'll let me move over. Yeah, well, so there we go. So in other Aww. words, uh, that's one. I contributed a little bit. I was super happy and then happy to get a signed copy. So I already yeah. had a version of the book, but then Rochelle was nice enough to sign it, which was just awesome. And uh, I wanted to go back to your session. So my buddy, shout out to Rick Bray, one of the Schoology ambassadors, uh, he got me in your session. Uh, I told you off camera, but I'll share with yeah. the audience. So your session was jam packed. It was one of those where you needed a special ticket or it was like $75 extra to go to that mm -hmm. session because it was a very interactive hands-on session. And I had just gone done with a Matt Miller session. This was in between as we were walking to your session. And then, um, you know, I got in. Uh, <laughs> he got me in somehow. I think he asked you. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, and you said yes. Uh, so that was very cool. And then I got my AR, VR, and EDU sticker. I had been joining in in the chat and was really into it and learned so, so, so much uh, about AR, VR. And I remember sharing everything with with Matthew and just being really on fire. So uh, I loved how you you brought us up on stage and let us try the tools. It, it was the opposite of a sit and get. It was a... Mm-hmm. Not even a sit, really. It was more like a do. Sit for a little (laughs) bit, and then you're going to do. And if you're brave enough, you're going to do up here in front of everybody. Uh, So it was neat to be able to do that. No, that's awesome. The one who's doing is the one doing the learning. Yeah. I know. That's great. Well, and Rochelle and I have done probably more sessions together than we have apart. But I will tell you that, I mean, sometimes we get up there, and it's like we're just hanging out. Like we're just yeah. like laughing and joking and just having a blast. You almost forget the other people are in there. But <laughs> what's so great? Oh, Kathleen. Yeah, um, Shandell, Kathy Krasnowski. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, so I, I I will say having, you know, just I learn like that. Me sitting and watching, I just, mm-hmm. I don't ever walk away with anything that way. So right. as much as I can get one, it's like being a teacher, right? If I had to go and teach something seven times that day and and it wasn't something fun for me, I'm out. Like I, I, I'm done, you know? But when you get to teach it seven times and you get to see the kids have fun and you're having fun and you're doing it in a crazy way that nobody else has tried before. And hey, if we make a mistake, no worries. Like we're on this journey together. Um, I think that's the goal. As a matter of fact, you were showing a video of somebody getting up on the headset. I think he was doing- Do you Oculus want me to Quest. show that? Yeah, Let, I let me see that. if I can go to that real quick. So here here he is getting ready. Um, Do you want to kind of set the stage? Yeah. So basically, this is something that was remote in by my phone. So the fact that I even attempted this during a session is (laughs) crazy. Um, uh, And really, I probably should have been a little bit more aware that people actually paid extra money for this. So I shouldn't have screwed anything up, you know. But it's one of those things where, you know, my phone. And at the time when this was available to see what's happening in the headset, I mean, he's in Google tilt brush right now drawing. And so all I'd have is my phone remoted into that device through the app and then plugged in into the other, um, the other screen. So I was able to kind of project on both screens, but you know, it's like, I was trying something. I'm sure I ran into a million different problems that day. I'm sure it didn't go as smooth as I had hoped. But at the end of the day, that person getting up there and getting that experience, there's just no way you can explain that. But to be able to see somebody do something like that and for you to get up there and try new things and just to be ready and eager and willing, it's like get everybody involved as much as possible. Because at the end of the day, if they do it, they're so much more likely to actually bring that back as opposed to just watching somebody and saying, well, that person's tech savvy, like they have it. Like I, that's why that person can go off and do it. It's really hard to make that connection unless you do it yourself. But once, you know, just like our students, once they do it, just let them loose and they run with it. Yes. Yes. And to add Kathy saying leap <laughs> and the net will appear like hearing you reflect on that. I wouldn't have known that you didn't have this, all kind of prepared and that was all part of your plan it was very 
organic and it was very hands-on. Anybody could go up there. You encouraged us, especially towards the end in the Q&A. Hey, come up, you know, try this on. I remember people trying on, um, I is that an Oculus that it he's was. wearing? Oculus yeah, Plus, so, the first one, So yeah. trying that on and then playing with that. Um, and Barbara's saying, uh, best kind of friend, agreed, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, shout I will out tell to you Barbara. that's because I always do voluntold uh, Rochelle. But it, <laughs> you guys, I have to tell you a story, and you guys are gonna. I don't even know if you'll edit this out later. I can't believe I'm doing this live, and Rochelle's <laughs> probably <laughs> ready. Rochelle's probably ready to pee her pants right now, but um, we're gonna go for it. So I would probably never do this in somebody else's podcast. So you guys are super special for this one. <laughs> All um, right. <laughs> No. Um, so Rochelle is like an AI expert, you know, so um, there is a lot of connection. And you mentioned this, Scott, like, hey, yeah. be ready. And I think Rochelle, please chime in or anybody in yeah. here chime in when that topic comes up, because, you know, I love AR and VR under the context of machine learning and AI. So, um, but on its own, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I'm not so excited about it. Like I am with AR and VR connected to AI and machine learning. So um, in, in that relationship, Rochelle was doing a session purely on AI. <laughs> so um, Mary Alice, since we just saw her picture a few minutes ago, had just shared this article with me and she's thinking more on the like social emotional learning aspect, like this is unhealthy, like the, this is where digital citizenship is necessity. There's this mm -hmm. guy that married his avatar. He loved his avatar, a digital avatar so much that he 3D printed. I was like a small character, um, this person, this avatar, and, and literally said, I love her so much, set up a wedding, like the family wow. disowned them. It was, it was super disturbing. Like mm -hmm. this poor guy, he's like, this person can't hurt me. Like there was obviously some very deep issues going on there. Um, I'm laughing about it because it was, it was like reading this article, like you feel sad for them, but then you're also like, how can this get this bad? And so you're kind of going through this process of the story and in the progression of the story, um, so anyways, Rochelle asked me to present with her on AI at FETC. I said, sure. So I go in and I'm late, right? Um, we come in with Evan, one of our great friends and, um, and a few of our other friends that we're hanging out with, we all kind of came in and as a group while well, I was talking to Evan in the background and Rochelle's like, Hey, remember how you're supposed to be presenting with me right now? And it's like in a, a, a like a hall, like we're in a massive hall, right? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, sorry about that. So I walk up and I, I was just trying to figure out how to not interrupt, but she's like calling me out, right? So I get up there. Um, anyways, Rochelle's up there and she, I, I mean, the topic came up and I go, did you ever hear about the guy that married his avatar? And so we're both on microphones, like clear across the stage from each other. Again, we're like in a, a hall. So it was like, we were pretty far away, you know? Yeah. Um, but both on different microphones. And she looked over and she's like, no. And I start telling the story like I told you guys. And in the progression of the story that I read, it was like, the oddness of it was, was like the intimacy. Like, how can you be married to somebody that's an avatar, that intimacy? Well, I'm like sharing that in the session, her session, okay? I'm not even listed on her session. I'm just there. 
Um, but I, I was like, and you know, like how, uh, how the intimacy, like that's the biggest question. I look over <laughs> and I'm like telling you guys, I'm like, I, you know, just like I'm telling you right now, I look over at Rochelle and Rochelle's looking at me like face white. Like you just, you wouldn't even believe it. And she goes, well, that was interesting. <laughs> and we moved on and said nothing about it. Right. I, I mean, nothing. So then that night we're back in the hotel room because we always room together and we're back at the hotel room, had not talked about it. Nothing like the day was just that busy. And um, she's getting ready, like, you know, uh, clean, taking off makeup and stuff. And she was like, Jamie, <laughs> the, the man married his avatar. And like, she just like all of a sudden it hit her. And then we just lost it. Like we laughed so hard, like you couldn't even hear the laugh anymore. And we were just dying in the hotel room. And so like nonstop, we have, we just, con we just talk about the avatar, the guy wearing his avatar all the time. But those, those are the instances I think that we always have. These are the fun times. But as a presenter, I hate going to sessions where everything's perfect and they got every slide and everything's lined yeah. up. I feel like there's no... The realness, or like you said, yes. the authentic experience, like what happens when things go wrong? We'll show you because things go wrong in a session all the time. <laughs> like the guy married his avatar. So, you know, things go wrong, but then you just kind of move on. But that's how it is in a classroom. I think we seriously, I know, I miss Rochelle too. We, uh, we've got to get together. But that that is honestly, like, that's how most of our sessions go. And I think that's what we, I mean, that's... How about you guys? Don't you miss going to conferences, oh, being in person? So much. Yeah. Sad. Just even the idea to travel again is like, that's a big deal now. Yeah. Especially yeah. here in California, right? We're us in New York and I, I don't know who else. Mm -hmm. The lockdown is real. I really feel for people in the Bay Area and SoCal where it's even tighter where like hey if you break a rule like accidental or on purpose like you're, you're possibly demonized and you know called out uh it can be really damaging yeah. uh especially with today's technology um you know yeah. talking about the dangers i i shared with my mom uh shout out to mom if you're you're watching <laughs> uh, Hi, she <laughs> yeah she is a little skeptical and a little concerned about the security with uh ar vr and people getting mm -hmm. lost but yeah the way you do it and the way it's used in education especially within the immersive classroom you're not running into those dangers can you talk about like the security and the safeguards that are kind of in place in those types of conversations you have with students, parents, admin, as you go on to immerse your classroom in technology. I, you know, it's funny cause I love it. I love the technology, but I don't just love the technology itself. I love it in education. Yes. Like I've always been hooked on what that could mean in our classroom. Um, but I'm also very practical. Like when you see that practical word um, in, in the book and it's like, you know, hear the practical application of immersive technology. I am also very cautious that like, mm -hmm. I don't want to bring my students into something that is a danger to them. I don't want to put a headset on a kid younger than 13 and have them have a seizure or potentially run into something like 
actually Mary Alice's son was for Global Maker Day. We were in Florida and he was playing tennis. And while he went to go get a ball, like to hit the ball um, in VR, he ran into their metal table. It was like a makerspace Ooh. area. And I mean, he hit it so hard. I thought we're bringing him to the hospital. Like we're about to have to leave. Um, and he was okay. I mean, he was, he made it through that. But I, I remember thinking like, that is, there's some serious danger. You got to really right. be prepared. But that's also a part of this. You're going to see in both books, like we've got to go into this with specific purpose. Just going into it to go into it, bad idea. Like, what are your goals? How are you going to accomplish those goals? Talk, communicate. You mentioned um, Glenn. I was on their podcast last night. And I feel like every time I go on these podcasts, they're always like, well, tell me the, you know, tell me the thing. And I'm always like, the thing is, it doesn't exist. It's so different <laughs> for every person. You know, you got to get your curriculum on board. You got to get your technology on board. And if you don't, and you try to go at it yourself, you're going to run into all these stumbling blocks. And, you know, so it really has to be prepared to, to be the best experience and most effective with as little problems, you know, that you're going to run into. But then too, um, you know, you, so I, I was a volleyball coach. I've coached a couple different volleyball, club volleyball teams. My daughter's playing volleyball right now. And um, it's funny because she won't listen to anything. She's like, this is her first year. <laughs> I, only, I, I was coaching girls 12 and under in Chicago, and they were like jump serving by the end of our season. And my daughter can't serve. And she won't listen to anything I say. I can't get her to practice. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be a parent. I'm going to step back. So anyways, I was talking to some of the players, and I go, have you ever placed your serve? And they're like, what does that mean? Like, well, you know, there's numbers on the court and your coach can let you know and that you can place those serves. And the goal is, is it if you have a struggling server who, who kind of just is everywhere, like, let's try to get them to narrow in to maybe the middle back end of the mm -hmm. you know, court. Or if they always overserve that ball, let's try to get them to get it middle and, and the front of the court. Right. So what number that's going to be number three. So I would be calling, you know, I'd have my board and I'd be calling number three to that server because I knew their weaknesses, right? I knew where they might potentially serve. But if I give them a spot that's like this to serve into, even if they vary right. outside of that, they'll be okay. They're still going to be in the court and they're still going to hit their goal. Um, but in my great servers, I mean, I was like all over the place, you know, I was targeting all of the weaknesses on the other side. But when it comes to technology in classrooms, it's like, Anything you use is great, but that's not the case. When we go right. in, if you're shooting for nothing, you'll get nothing and you'll hit a lot of balls out of bounds. So if you think about it really being narrowly focused, even if you go off of that, you're still going to hit those goals. And I think that's what we sometimes struggle with. We have have people that jump in head first with no plan. And then we have people that say, I'm never doing anything because it's all evil. And I think both cases are a problem we have to have that balance between the two yeah i wanted to jump jump in and just add in chapter two where you're talking about traits right you you talk about that um what a powerful story for some reason i've always been fascinated with how people with special needs overcome i have an aunt that's hearing impaired uh, she's completely deaf in one ear and extremely hard of hearing in the other ear so um, you know, to not sugarcoat it, she talks kind of funny. Um, and you know, people would say things sometimes and I just grew up 
being kind of used to it. And then over the course of time, I've had some friends with some special needs. I had a buddy uh, in a wheelchair, Kyle, uh, may rest in peace. He passed away a number of years ago. Um, so it's been something near and dear to my heart. So hearing that story about Trace really warmed my heart and kind of uh, brought up this uh, cool moment. I remember going to a, a concert and there was a guy playing the guitar with his feet and i was just so amazed like how can he do that and this guy made a living off of that i I was just like wow and so uh, hearing about trace and his story Mm -hmm. using the tech right it's kind of like made me think of ratatouille how chef gusteau talks about anyone can cook i think about Anyone can ARVR. It doesn't mean everyone will or everybody wants to, but the potential is there. If you're willing to invest the time, the mm-hmm. barrier to entry is very low. Mm-hmm. There is something for you. Yeah, I'll tell you that what I'm passionate about is the ones that don't have a lot of prep and don't require a lot of technology. I think there are tools like that out there. I tend to steer away from those because, like you said, I want anybody to be able to jump in and start using these tools. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, I feel like you kind of, if you have a huge learning curve, unless there's a very valid reason to go through that learning curve, um, you lose people, right? So I will tell you about Trace. That is one of my favorite stories in the whole book. Um, this this guy was so determined. and. He was on, he had a phone, his cell phone that, you know, he couldn't use his hands. He used his feet and he was like going and scrolling through Facebook. I mean, I was just like, I can't believe this kid's doing this. Right. And so when I introduced the headsets, I just didn't know what he was going to be able to do. And mm-hmm. his parents would have never asked for him to go on. They would have said, you know, okay, you know, let the other kids do it. They would have never even thought to ask. And I brought my Oculus Go, which is actually right up here. And for him, it was the perfect tool, although typically it's not the tool I recommend because it's not as immersive. Um, They don't even sell Oculus Go anymore. Um, But with it, it was one of those tools because his situation was that he couldn't get up and hold two remotes. He could not be mobile to get around. He was in a wheelchair. and the fact that, you know, he was able to use his feet with the single remote he had, he had to work his feet together at times. But if you, I don't know, did you guys ever scan the book in that spot? About- no. So here it is. This is Trace in the book. And every single image in the book has interaction. In this case, wow. you use the iJack app. You scan that page. After you scan the QR code, you scan that image. And it shows you what Trace looks like when he was playing, in this case, tennis. So he actually was playing tennis and swinging his leg as he was hitting the tennis ball, playing tennis. So yeah, there he is. Very cool. So you actually get to see that come to life. It comes to life in a video. So I can tell you the story. I can write it out. I can show you an image of what best experience it is. But what I love about this book is that everything in here is interactive for you to see it firsthand instead of just hearing it from me or seeing an image of it. it I think it just brings things to light. But I, my favorite part about that whole thing, and I'm sure you caught this, Scott, my favorite part about that story 
was I said, do you mind if I interview you? You know, I would love to, I'd love to hear your, add you to a story and share kind of how you use this technology. And he was like, sure. And his mom was like, of course, sure. Um, and I said, you know, what, you know, what did you love? Like we went on all these experiences. Was this something you guys have ever done in your classroom? No, no, we've never done anything, any, anything even close to this in our classroom. Okay. Um, so, you know, what was your favorite thing? I mean, he went to the moon, he went off with Neil Armstrong up to the moon. I mean, he was doing some pretty cool things. Right. And the one thing that I, the last thing I thought he was going to say was what he actually said. And that was going on roller coasters. And the reason why that's what I, the last thing I would have thought is because everybody has to try roller coasters once everybody gets sick and then they're done. Right. Okay. (laughs) Do that one again. Um, but he loved it. He loved the roller coaster. And I said, really? Why? And he said, because I've never been able to go on a roller coaster before. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all of a sudden, my heart just dropped. It was like, this is what this technology can do. We gave this child right. to walk around. We gave him experiences that he's never been able to have before. And as much as capable as he is and as diligent as he has been to do the things he wants to do, he still had limitations. And using this technology opened up doors that we never even thought were possible. So it's just those kinds of stories are throughout the book. Uh, my own daughter, Eliana, is in the book quite a bit. My my other daughter, Hannah, who loves to write, um, you know, is in the book. And my son, Elias. So all of them really... And Rochelle's in there um, several times. So you you hear the stories from people and their experiences and why this technology is so powerful. You know, I think that's so important um, that you included those relationships, right? And the foreword was done by Mary Alice as well. Uh, very impactful, heartfelt uh, forward. And then she's in the book at least a couple more times, uh, right? You showcase her mask. And then uh, there's a section right at the very end, I want to say, uh, on Ditch Sit, which is really important too. Um, yeah, what do you think about all this, Matthew? I know you're sitting here absorbing all of this, but yeah, you're, you're I, our I, tech I director. Wait, I can't <laughs> wait to get your book, uh, for one. Uh, it sounds that That's really great that you have those interactive, immersive experiences, even in the book. Uh, So, uh, you know, just the story that you told, that's really meaningful. And then I'm thinking like students, they can write their stories. They can create, you know, Flipgrid AR now to have those come to life. And I think uh, there's just so many places now, even for students, not to be consumers, Mm -hmm. but be creators in this space as well in education. And I think this is an area that for whatever reason, it hasn't really hit in the consumer area too much, but I think it's going to find its right place. It's niche in education itself. Yeah. You know, surprisingly enough, you know, VR has been more on the consumer side, right? Yeah. So a lot of the resources we have in the headsets are going to be more gamer, gamer, um, activities that you're going to see people, the interest of, you know, the purchases that have been made. But um, on the AR side, I think that's been really done in our traditional devices, our tablets, um, our phones, 
And that has made it extremely accessible in many ways, like you've showed your merge cube, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot that can be done. And we obviously see that more geared towards education, although, you know, merge started off being a consumer product. Um, but at the end of the day, and many of these actually have. When I first started talking to CoSpaces, they were a consumer product. Wow. You know, so none, when you're, I always pitch education and they're always like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you guys are crazy if this isn't an education. Um, so, you know, you, you see these tools kind of transition. They find, like you said, they find their niche. But I also think Apple has been setting the stage for their glasses. And while, when those glasses come out, this is mass. This is mass use yeah. right there. We're seeing other glasses that will be coming out at the same time. We actually see Apple that will be releasing their first virtual reality headset. Um, so that those things that have been set in place, they set them in place years ago, which is what they have done. They've established the applications. They've established the platform. They've established the, you know, when they release something, they're like, it goes back a few devices instead of, oh, just this device and future, right? right? So oftentimes they've kind of thought through this process of when they're going to release it and what's available. And that really has been setting the stage for these glasses. So while I agree with you, Matthew, that a lot of these tools have been used in education quite well, I also see, you know, that there is a stage for our students to have this as their technology and their careers, how they're going to be training in the future. I don't, you know, I have a friend, um, he, he was a professor at University of Alaska and Dr. Webb, and I mentioned him in the first book and had a chance to do an interview with him um, out in Florida when we were there at a conference together. And Dr. Webb, I just spoke to him a few weeks ago. I mean, his business is going so crazy. He's like, can you get me connected with people that teach um, coding in schools in high school level? Mm -hmm. I am desperate we are getting people overseas wow. that have no, any, we don't care. We don't care if you have any formal education. Oh my gosh. I love it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, no formal education because at the end of the day, we're so desperate. We have so much work. We are denying people jobs. He goes out and creates the virtual reality experiences for companies on all of their training. So his, wow. his example was bears in Alaska. That is a big deal. Um, and so anybody that had any type of industry that was outdoors, they could not have, they had to have that bear training. And what, it, what kind of training was it? Well, somebody comes out from, you know, California, flies out to Alaska, pays a fortune for them. They come out and they bring everybody out in a tour out in the woods. They show them how to use bear spray, although they never use it, you know, but this is how you would use it. Should that ever become a problem? And then they walk you back inside and bam, you're trained. If you ever see a bear, you're safe, which we all know is not true. So he was then given the chance. This was one of his first projects to create this bear um, attack scenario. Wow. And he, he said it, it never fails. Anybody you put in there for the first time, they always die. They're always dead. So he goes, I've seen people freeze and they just can't move. I've seen people like just go down and, and just cover up their, you know, just, I can't, I can't even close my, I'm closing my eyes. I can't even do it. He said, I have seen people literally run off and the headset goes off their heads because it's attached to a computer, you know? So he goes, wow. it, it, your body still reacts. Even if you know that this isn't real, like you still tend to still have those same responses. But, um, and then they go through this process of like 
how do I actually work this? Oh, I sprayed that too early. Now he's just really mad and I'm in trouble, right? Or, oh, I sprayed it too late. It's not effective anymore. So then they have to go through this, but they're getting through that fear and, and the real kind of attack. And it is using AI. So it's actually modified and adjusted based upon their reactions. Um, it is just phenomenal. But what an experience. You talk about in industries where they're having to use heavy equipment, where it's, it's serious danger, not just danger for them, their you know physical bodies, but also for products. It's a danger for chemicals. I mean, all of these factors that we really can't have people train and you just got to keep your fingers crossed that they don't make a mistake. And sometimes they do. So preparing our students in the in so many different industries and in VR isn't just about convenience. It's really about preparing them to a new level that they couldn't do without it. I remember when HoloLens, they had that um, promo where uh, it was uh, like, a, I think a daughter and a dad, and they were doing plumbing together, but remotely and could see the different parts of what the what the father uh the child was working on and mm -hmm. the father could talk to them they could see things and they could interact and try things out first before trying it there and i thought wow that's amazing just where the future is going i know well there's yeah. i mean deborah Atchison's in the book deborah and i used to do presentations years and years and years ago um where we would show this one app where we were both on our devices and you actually did augmented reality. She went outside the room and I stayed plugged in with the, in the session. And she had a white sheet of paper underneath. And then I had a piece of paper with something, some work, math work, let's say, right? And so I'm looking at my math work. She's looking at a white piece of paper, which essentially to her becomes the transparent paper to see what I see. So she's viewing through the lens, but then I see her finger pop into my screen and talk me through the math problem Whoa. because now we're both wow. essentially seeing each other's work, this transparent experience through augmented reality. And I actually used that teaching my daughter math when I was at TCEA one year. She was going through some um, different projects that she had to work on. And she's like, I don't know how to set this up. And I was like, well, here. So I'm like going through it with her at the conference because I couldn't be there with her in person. So. I think that this, again, these are just little pieces of how this technology can be used and what's been possible for a long time. And um, it's really just being aware and very specific as to what you're looking for. So again, so you don't just shoot things and, and it go way off target, but instead really looking for what you need, finding those resources. And then, you know, even if you're a little off, you really hit your goal still. And uh, the beginning of your book, it, I really uh, uh, appreciate the bundle of the tools right at the front of it, uh, just as, you know, to even those making decisions within their district for yeah. evaluating, seeing what those apps are. But a lot of them are Android apps, mm -hmm. uh, which w can work on a Chromebook, which many school districts have. Mm -hmm. And uh, just talking about, like you said, the Oculus Go you know, they don't even make that anymore. Right. And so school mm -hmm. sites, you know, they have certain funds right now that might not always be there. And really yeah. looking at where can we really uh, put our dollars mm -hmm. and what equipment, what tools, what what do you see as like the AR, VR devices or equipment that you see a little bit more longevity with? Yeah, 
Rochelle's saying she loves Android devices because I love Apple devices. Okay. And uh, we are always in the battle on the AR, VR, and EDU chat because I'll show an app and I'm like, sorry, it hasn't come out in Android yet. And she's like, oh, you know, so we're like always in this battle every week. Um, but, you know, I will tell you that um, this is the best question ever, Matthew, because we just got funding last week. Okay. Um, that obviously through the stimulus that's going out to schools, mm -hmm. billions and billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And right. part of that package um, is tied specifically to new devices for students to be able to access and connect. I can't tell you how many people who have went to Chromebooks and said, what can I do on a Chromebook? And I'm like, not a whole lot. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. You can do some things. Here's some tools. But, you know, people did not buy these devices for immersive experiences. They bought right. them to be able to type, they're cheap and they're easy to manage. Like, yep. bam, like that freedom, right? Um, Apple is not easy to manage unless you really have, you know, the right setup and you've paid for that management. But I will tell you that the experiences that you can do within an iPad, for instance, that you could not do on a Chromebook. So I can mm. still do a lot of my research. You know, there's still possibilities on that. But through the applications that I can do on the immersive side, very few Chromebooks actually allow, especially there's some technology involved called ARKit and ARCore. Okay. ARKit is the Apple side. ARCore is the Google side on the Android side. And there are extremely low uh, possibility if you have Chromebooks in your district that you would have anything even close to using that kind of technology. And the reason being is because schools aren't buying expensive Chromebooks. They're not buying touch screens. They're not buying app, you know, the ones that have the apps and have access. Is it possible? Sure. But those aren't the ones schools are buying. They're buying the cheap ones, right? The disposable mm -hmm. ones. Um, so that is, that is a problem because we are, we have found convenience more important, sometimes budget wise, that's all we can do. We found that more important than opening up the doors for innovation. And I think, you know, to me using these iPads, you're not just doing AR and VR. Don't ever buy something mm -hmm. out there unless it is like grant specific and you have to use it for this reason. I can't tell you nine times out of 10 that I tell schools, they're like, but I want to get a VR headset. I want to put it in a headset. Like, I'm like, okay, once you do that three times and you pull it in and out three times, you're done. You stop using <laughs> yeah. it. You know, you, you realize <laughs> it's not practical anymore. You just start going like this. You get the same experience. Get an iPad. You know, an iPad's going to be able to do it, but it's not as immersive. Okay, get one iPod Touch. <laughs> do that with your kids. <laughs> right. Just so you can say you've done it. And I will tell you, you stop doing it. We all stop doing it. I have a ton of headsets. Actually, right back here. I have headsets that <laughs> I could be doing the same thing, and I never do that. So, you know, keeping in mind the practicality of this, but by having iPads, the stuff that the, I mean, Scott and I were talking about this. 3D scanning right now with live yeah. technology. That is that is a must. That is something that schools absolutely need to be thinking about. But what is it on? It's on the iPad Pros, which are super expensive devices. Now, right. next, I anticipate it will be on the iPad, just the traditional iPad. Right. Um, you know, and then you're looking at, you know, what kind of iPad do I need? Well, AR Kit is really that standard now. Whereas when Scott came to my session, AR Kit was a very new concept, you know, on these technologies, but really now everybody has it accessible to them, but that is a necessity on the immersive technology side. You want to be able to place things 
in your space, but it needs that technology to know the space to do that. So I really recommend to schools that have made purchases with Chromebooks or made, you know, mass purchases in that way, have a set of iPads that you can bring out and do these really incredible experiences with all this immersive technology that I show nine times out of 10 can be done on these iPads. And um, with really the exception of that LIDAR technology, that's just so new. But um, I highly recommend, you know, having that set available, accessible, check out from the library, whatever that might be, um, especially for our young students that, you know, there's justified reason why you don't want to really go to a Chromebook anyway. Um, so there's, I, I, Matthew, I can't tell you, like, I actually want to write a blog this month in the 31 days of AR, VR, and EDU, specifically about using your funding for those resources. Yeah. I think that, that would be so popular. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, there's so much money that they are given for the Wi-Fi, right? Yeah, and the right. connection for those devices for students that didn't have it. Why yeah. be limited by, you know, uh, those Chromebooks when you actually have the funding to do it right, to do it well? Yeah, map, map it out and definitely reach out to Jamie, everyone that's listening and thinking about that, even if you're just you know, mildly thinking, sorry, I'm offering up your time for free, Jamie, but I know <laughs> I how accessible know. you make yourself and uh, having taken you up on that offer, uh, you're, you have a wealth of information. And I think about Sean uh, McCusker or McCusker. No. Yeah. McCusker mm -hmm. uh, who we presented with, and he was talking about the effects of VR with first aid training, right? Mm -hmm. Going back a little bit and talking about how when people typically do it, uh, there's like about a 20%, I could be fudging the numbers a little bit, but about 20% um, like rate for proficiency in, right. in terms of like doing everything you're supposed to do in a real life situation well as you were trained. Whereas those on the VR sets were at the opposite end, like 60 to 80%, because they actually were immersed in that uh, lifelike mm -hmm. environment. And your body knows. You had also shared in that session how, uh, I forget which daughter it was, but would not do the swimming alongside the whale, right? Because it was <laughs> That's too my real. Oldest daughter. Yeah. She was 19 and still won't do it. She won't go with the whales. She's <laughs> like, she nope. Is she no. scared of water or? She said it freaks her out to think about being in the deep sea and seeing okay. like sea life, like large sea life like that yeah. really spooks her. Um, actually, yesterday we went for a walk. It was the craziest thing. We live kind of in a spot where it could be pretty rural. And um, we saw this cat chasing something. We're like in a neighborhood, like fairly new neighborhood. Um, and we're like, what is that? And it was chasing and kind of playing with a a. Uh, a mouse. And so the mouse was trying to get away from the cat and started coming at us, like, save me from this cat. <laughs> and we're like, ah, you know, running. And, and the whole time, my daughter Hannah kept looking back. And, you know, again, she's 19. She's like, I just don't want that mouse to get me. And like, <laughs> it's just, you know, but, you know, it's one of those things where yeah. you, you just have different personalities, different experiences that yeah. people are willing to take. 
um, and, you know, different ways of approaching that. And sometimes because it is so real, you just got to use a tremendous amount of caution. Scott, I will say your mom's yeah. spot on with that. You know, we, we need to know our students. We need to know what they can handle and what's safe for them. We need to know our space. Um, and we need to do the best that we can do to prepare them to be on all these technologies, right? Um, so I, I hope that in my enthusiasm, I don't steer people to the side. I mean, I just wrote a blog just a few days ago about, um, you know, basically innovation meets safety. Like how many right. That was I a great it? one. I was like, everybody go sign your kids up. Everybody go check this out. And it's really been a learning curve for me because, you know, I should be recommending those single sign-ons. I should be saying, put that responsibility, your student data back on that, you know, SSO. <laughs> hey, Denise. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, this is something that should not be a teacher recommending putting our kids in these situations. Mm -hmm. I mean, Zoom is a great example of remote learning. What happened? Right. We got <laughs> hacked. We got hacked bad because what do we do? We just send our kids in and yeah, we don't really think through the that. safety of it. Yeah. yeah, I have to compliment Matthew on that. He's always thinking mm -hmm. through that lens. So when we were in different roles, when I was in the teacher role and he's in the tech coach role, um, he would always say, Scott, did you think about this? Have you checked the permissions or, you know, has this been approved yet? I'm like, oh, no, what do I need to look for? So he's been really patient and brought me into that. And now that I have his job and he he's moved up, we still have those conversations. Yeah. But now I really understand it. Like, no, no, you can't do that. And we hate to kind of be like the bearer of bad news sometimes, but it's mm -hmm. for our safety, especially if there's another way to do it. So always, uh, you know, looking at it very creatively and constructively, like, you know, if it's this tool versus this tool and this one has safety, well, let's go with this one, even if it's, you know, a little less, if, if they're close or, you know, is there a way to use this tool or which way maybe it's like really monitoring or maybe it's 13 and above with student data privacy or maybe we just have to say no altogether like some of the states are doing on, right yeah Actually, states we're seeing illinois being the first um we're seeing these states california generally is one of the first to do this as well but um the privacy expectations having a data mm -hmm. privacy officer i mean that's going to be yeah. a legal requirement for schools in the state of illinois the first to do this so what does that mean i mean we have really gotten away with letting i mean i send people yeah. out to you know these companies to go and sign their kids up and they're overseas i have no idea what their data standards are yeah. i have no idea what they're doing with that and um and i've really had to rethink how to go about doing that and sometimes it's not that you say no altogether because you don't want to you don't want to hinder learning but you also don't want to bring them i'm just as responsible if I'm asking my students to go somewhere and be innovative, I'm equally responsible. I heard this in a quote that I just loved and it really hit home for me. I'm equally responsible to keep them just as safe. Mm -hmm. So if I am requiring that of them to be innovative and, mm -hmm. and to pursue this, then I am just as responsible to keep them safe in that space. So um, it's, it's again, those topics that I think are coming up for the first time that right. we either jump out, we're the jump in first, right? Yes. Be the party <laughs> I'm <a> jumper. <laughs> but reflecting back and having to take a couple steps back, realizing like there is a good process for a reason. 
and let's figure this out together. Let's say, and let's not say no, let's say, let's do this together and figure out a way of still solving this problem. So your kids are still safe. Yeah, I think that's really important. What's that saying you have, Matthew, uh, that you got from your boss when we're evaluating tools like in our oh, tech committee? Yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to tune in, tune up, or tune out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. I mean, <laughs> that, and, you know, we're certainly facing that time right now. Um. You know, I'm looking at the time here. I just want to keep going. You know, I can talk to you for an elongated <laughs> period of time, Jamie. We have. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have already, right? Uh, I want everyone to go check out your, your blog series and the 31 tools for AR, VR. Where can they find that at? Yeah, I will tell you the website, my website that I've been building, you know, for the last few years. I have just so many free resources for you to go check out. You know, if you can't get the book and that's not something for you right now, there are so many blogs out there on, uh, I mean, just hundreds of tools that you can bring back into your classroom. Um, there is some filters that you can do. You can type in specifically some resources. So if you're looking for something specifically, I highly recommend checking out the blog at arvrinedu.com. So arvrinedu.com. And, um, you know, people can subscribe right now. I have an event every March because I am a little bit crazy. Um, <laughs> every March I do a blog a day and it's not real long, but it is step by step how to use the tool, a video showing how to do it. Um, you get a little insight as to the application of it. And then you get a, an image with that as well. And then, of course, all the links that you would need for the apps and, and to know which exactly what you need to do to follow up with that. And this year, this particular month, I've focused in on what's been in the immersive classroom, because what is really cool about this book is in the back. Um, this is one of the things that I really pushed with ISTE is having an appendix of resources that I've yes. categorized. And, and this is why this is important for me. Um, sometimes when you're looking through a book, you feel a little overwhelmed, but I love that the appendix, you know, has the QR code I put in the website. It includes whether it's AR, VR, or both. Um, it tells you if it's a creation tool. Matthew was mentioning that earlier. Tells you if it's a mobile app or a VR headset app and what is what is required. Do I need to have a VR headset? Tells the grade level and subject. So um, this has over 100 different resources. I think it was 16 pages of that. I mean, it's insane. Wow, um, 100. Yeah. That is yeah. so organized. Yeah. It, it really has been a compilation of all of these tools throughout this time that I've used that, I, that are still in, you know, available right now um, because some go out, you know, sometimes the companies just don't sustain their app or whatever it might be. Um, but those tools, I think, are really helpful for people to really hone in and target what they're looking for. Um, but, you know, that those while you might see it here with that index on the blog, you could type in those tools and bam, you have, you know, just a wealth of information. Plus you get notified every day during 31 days right. and you get notified about coming webinars, free webinars, access to resources. So, um, and the community, everybody in here, I'm looking at, you know, Rochelle, I was looking at, um, Kathleen, I was looking at, uh, let's see. You got Denise. Yes, Denise. I mean, all these people that have been part of the ARVR and EDU chat every week and, and they are available 
So I'm not the expert in science, but talk to Denise and she knows what she's talking about. So the community as a whole is so rich and so helpful. And I just love that. So going on to Twitter, doing the hashtag ARVR and EDU, ask questions, connect with those people. It's just, they're incredible. Yeah. And a quick shout out to ourselves. You talked about March Madness, right? So uh, Matthew and I have gotten into a bit of March Madness ourselves, and we have this thing going on, the EdTech uh, March Madness extravaganza. And so Ooh. some apps are battling it out. Check it out. It's on Twitter. If you follow me at Mr. Noons Teach, I would love to hear from you. We have some great apps today. So we have Merge versus CoSpaces. Super tough one, right? Mm, like, and, and they're different. They do different things. So right. which are you going to pick? I, I knew that was going to be tough. I have Quizlet and quizzes. Uh, you know, I think next March, it would be cool if you did something like this. Let's in do addition. it together. Yeah, yeah, let's do it together. I would love that. Let's do it. And I want to make us, sure. Yeah. yeah, and just to add, I want to make sure everybody is following you on Twitter at Jamie Donnelly. So you can see it right here. Um, yeah, let's do it. Definitely let us know in the comments too. Oh, wow. We're getting some folks jumping in here. Tisha. Yes. Yeah. Kathy. So glad to have you. Kathy is amazing. I just got to give a shout out to her too, because I've been following her work the past few months. Cause I, I mean, I've known Kathy for, I guess, we met for the first time at Merge. We were actually at an event at Merge in San Antonio. I think it was either the ISTE one or TCEA. I can't remember which one it was. But um, she obviously, I, I remember the first thing she did was the shirt. I recall the shirt yes. that she did with the Merge Cube that came to life. That was so cool. But I've been watching her stuff lately. And I have just been, I miss you too, Disha. <laughs> My friend. Um, and so watching her stuff lately has been blowing my mind. The lady is full of creativity. I don't I think yeah. she just like oozes creativity. Anything she, she posts. She 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 just gave me my first TNT uh hosting gift. Yes, oh. yes. No, so shout shout out. Her. Yes, we yes. we've been enjoying that. So wow. uh, we got to splurge a little bit. So thank you, Kathy. And we've been sharing out um uh, her her own uh, Flipgrid calendar, mm-hmm. uh, Flipgrid Madness. I, I'm probably messing up the name, but I think that's it. We uh, it right. we, yeah, yeah, we shared it out in our newsletter, featured it on uh, the district podcast. So, I mean, it just the community has this mm-hmm. super broad reach, right? Uh, as we saw earlier, we're even being joined in from international listeners I'm going to mess up um, your name. So I will not try, but from Tunisia. Uh, that's so cool. Welcome. So you yeah. never know who you're going to affect. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sharing these kinds of tools, sharing this kind of knowledge, it has this ripple effect that you just can't stop. Once you kind of plant that seed, you never know where it's going to mm-hmm. go and who it's going to affect. And, uh, it's so cool. And shout out again to uh, Tisha Richmond. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. got to meet her in person. Yeah. Um, while I was on, yeah, while I was remote in Texas. So uh, during that session, Tisha was there. 
Yeah, I no, super cool. And uh, shout out to uh, Russ, uh, Tisha's husband. He makes the best mugs. Oh. Yeah, I had to get two because my wife keeps stealing mine. So, <laughs> and she actually stole the new one. You know what's <laughs> so Tisha sent me another one. My wow. wife stole that one. Said no, I like this one better. Uh, so you got the old one back. <laughs> I got the old one back. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, um, I got to see those mugs firsthand when they were like off the shelf, like you couldn't make them fast enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have tried everywhere. And I, I remember her being like, yes, I can get you guys one. But me feeling like, no way. I, like, you you know, like, I don't want to take that away from your husband and what he's doing. Like, I just keep selling and, you know, we'll get one eventually. But everywhere I go, I try to find something like what she showed us. Because I, I, it is like so, and it's never going to be authentic. It's right. always going to be kind of like a same old, same old that everybody mm-hmm. else has mm-hmm. done. Uh, but I agree. Her husband makes some great mugs and I definitely need to get my hands on some of those. Yeah, definitely. And they're even better in person. So I saw the image. I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah. And then I got it in my hands. I'm like, this is so much better. It has this cool kind yeah. of hourglass kind yeah. of shape. Um, and it keeps the coffee hot, a big mm-hmm. coffee drinker, drink coffee every day mm-hmm. and it keeps it hot. And then it's very aesthetically pleasing. Just mm-hmm. like, it's a piece of art. It's like so, ombre. Is that what they call yeah. it? The ombre colors Yeah, and then they it have. has like a crackled kind of mm-hmm. design in there. And then there's sparkly stuff. I, I just love it all. And he ties it all in. And now I'm seeing that design in some mugs. So you were talking about looking for it. I actually went out this last yeah. week and looked for some like that. I'm like, oh, it kind of has the same. this thing, but it's <laughs> it's not the same. So it's true, it's true. They're pretty yeah. awesome. I agree. Your husband is super talented, Tisha. As are you. Um, yes. Tisha's book, Make Learning Magical, and her podcast that she's been yeah. having go on. I've been seeing that really active lately. Again, everybody in here, and I know you guys connect with some incredible people. I love our PLN. Our PLN is so full of amazing people. Oh, I was talking about Mary Alice. I just got to end with this. Mary Alice and I were just talking a few days ago and um, it, you almost feel burnout on social media, right? Like yeah. there's like, oh, everything's negative And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, why does it have to get like this? Like, I just want to detach or you feel overwhelmed. You see something mm-hmm. negative happen, really discourages you. Um, you kind of lose the passion of why, why you started using social media to begin with. And then you mm-hmm. run across people like Scott that comes oh. to your session <laughs> who is like pumped, you know, like <laughs> I'm about to learn some AR, VR. And, um, and it almost just revitalizes you getting connected to people that are just getting started on social media again. I, it's like getting with a brand new teacher that just has that enthusiasm oh. and energy, like, that's so important because I understand what Mary Alice felt because I feel it all the time too. But you get back with those people that are passionate. And I, I just love the people that joined tonight because I think yes. that is 100% Thank the people you. that you want to be around. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I encourage everybody because before I got in on social media, I thought, ah, you know, this is fake. It's about just putting... Yeah. You know, this fake image forward and the negativity, right? Like mm-hmm. there is a negative side. Yeah. But when you find your tribe, when you yeah. find your peeps, uh, they not only listen, and but they give you good ideas. And when you're weak, they're strong mm-hmm. and vice versa. And it's this reciprocity that that goes beyond, honestly, 
people like it, you included, Jamie, are like my best friends. Like mm -hmm. I, I talk to you all uh, to Matthew, who who's yeah. like my my close like best bud, right? Uh, because we've worked together, we've grown together, and mm -hmm. then you know just everything like we're always we're both really <laughs> passionate so we're yeah. always sharing these ideas and uh it, it's so cool it's like family so when yeah. i think of twitter i think 100%. of family uh mm -hmm. and i wouldn't change it so i encourage everybody to reach out don't be afraid uh if somebody ignores you okay move on yeah to scratch them off your the list next person yeah scratch <laughs> scratch them off right haters gonna hate right there's good days bad days but just keep moving or forward. be an example to them you know sometimes they need to be encouraged uh, and see yeah. something positive and and yes, being kind true. and generous back honestly it, it goes a long way and sometimes we all have those bad days where you might misread something or kind of come back and be mm -hmm. like what and you're tired i know i'm tired right now doing a blog a day is insane um, but I will tell you that um, when people are kind and they come back and they're, you know, they show grace, it, it just goes a long way. It changes your perspective, makes you realize, you know, so I, I agree. It's we all we all play a role in helping to change that mm -hmm. narrative on social media, too, because there's a lot of great people out there. Yeah, nice no, you're absolutely right. And as we close, I want to thank you again, Jamie. Uh, don't forget, everyone, uh, check out her latest book, <laughs> The Immersive Classroom. Uh, there is so much in here. Yes, there's a lot on the blog. And a lot that's on the blog mm -hmm. is in here, but there's still stuff mm -hmm. uh, jam-packed in yeah. here. And like Matthew said, this is really like a guide, a primer, especially if you're somebody that's in charge of influencing mm -hmm. or making decisions this is kind of like a roadmap or a plan, like see it's in here mm -hmm. and you do have research tied to some of these things that they could look up to support the buys on there. And if they needed to reach out to you or really wanted 100%. to mm -hmm. just kind of have you come in, they could by reaching out and going right. uh, over to your website. So I encourage everyone uh, to do that. And thank you so much. Make sure you share this episode out with a friend in your PLN, please, please, please. And if you like it, leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Scott Nunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nunes Teach. And where can they follow you in the podcast, Matthew? They can follow the podcast at TNTEdTech.com or on Twitter at TNTEdTech. And I am on Twitter uh, one of these days. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> I am at Matt Ed Tech Coach. And we should do a Merge Cube uh, fist bump to close out. Oh, good oh. idea. There we go. All right, get the Merge Cube. Gotta get the Merge on there. Okay, ready? Oh, oh, oh. There we go. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank, you, thank you, Jamie. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you all. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for listening to the TNT EdTech Podcast. You can follow us on any podcast player of your choice. Also on Twitter at TNT EdTech. Follow us on the web at www.tntedtech.com.